doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. I am your host, Eric Salagi. If you have an uncomfortable experience you'd like to have featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at uncomfortablepodcast65. Most importantly, please share the show with others and make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. Those are the main ways that you can help and getting the show out in front of more people and more people listening means more great guests like tonight's guests coming forward with their experiences to share with you, the listener. I think I've got some cool stuff coming up in the works. I think I mentioned this uh, uh, an episode or two back. Some big announcements for after the first of the year. Uh, Maybe something that falls in line with the two-year anniversary in February. Uh, something that's going to possibly make it easier for this awesome community that we have created to be more involved and more in touch. And uh, I'll just leave it at that. And if you guys have any ideas that you think would help bring this uh, community together, please reach out either on social media or via email and let me know your ideas. Tonight's guest comes to me through an introduction from a previous guest who will become obvious once we get into it. This gentleman's resume of the paranormal is, uh, if nothing, quite thorough. We've got a number of things to tackle in this episode, so let's get at it. Please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to Tim. Tim, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Ah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you. 
really had a had an interesting conversation uh, that was supposed to take, you know, maybe 20, 25, 30 minutes the other day. And I think we, what, we, we clocked in about 90, 90 minutes, uh, kind of Easily, uh, yeah. par, par for the course, but uh, right. Yeah. So we got a number of things and you were gracious enough to send me a, a PDF kind of with some bullet points. Um, Lead investigator of Scary, S-C-A-R-I. What a great name for a paranormal group. Very, very cool. It it Uh, confuses the clients sometimes. They they don't always understand what it means because they don't read the website. It's it's on the website. It stands for the Seekers of California for Ethereal Research and Investigation. Ethereal spelled A-E, like the old Latin way, because uh-huh. I really wanted it to be scary. You know? <laughs> no, it's uh, so, very uh, catchy. So uh, tell us tell us about you. it. Tell us about uh, your group. Scary started in 2000. Sorry? Go ahead and tell us about your group. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Uh, scary started in 2009. It was just me and uh, a buddy of mine named Henry Wiazowski. He's no longer with us. Um, he passed in 2020, not of COVID, interestingly, uh, but uh, he he's no longer with us. But he and I were uh, a good team. I was the guy who wanted to believe, and he was the absolute scientific skeptic. His background was in science, computer science, and finance, of all things. Um, and finance is where he made his living, but he had a true scientist's heart and his computer science background is pretty extensive as well. So we go out in the field whenever we get a call and, uh, that's, that's how the team worked. Um, it became apparent I needed a third person on the team Mm -hmm. and that's where JJ comes into play. And there's so, there's uh, the uh, that was, there's the hook at JJ Light Rose <laughs> from a couple episodes ago, if you remember her, I'm sure you do. So you know what what did I'm she sure bring to the team that you uh, that you were missing? What were you lacking? Well, I, we caught a case uh, not too far from where I'm at. I mean, geographically speaking, it's like maybe a mile away from me, and uh, these people were having some pretty nasty poltergeist activity and some shadow people activity and they were at a loss as to what to do and uh it was clear this thing needs to be cleared from the house need to be cleansed i don't have that capability henry's a scientist he doesn't have that capability and so i was stuck to help these people and i felt horrible usually when you get called into these types of things you're asked to make to confirm you know the client's sightings what they're hearing you know confirm the haunting validate so they feel crazy yeah validate their validation their absolutely yeah. exactly and um validation wasn't enough in this case this thing needed to be gotten rid of and i didn't have the capability so i created a quick craigslist thing if anyone still knows that is, and uh, about a few days later, I get a call from JJ, and it's on. It's at a weird. It's like Sunday at nine p.m. 
I never answer the phone that late anyway, but uh, it was a scary call. It came in on the scary line. I figured someone's in trouble. I might as well help. And uh, as best as I could, it's JJ. And she calls me. She says, I am. F- I, I, I want to know if you need a cleaner. I said, oh, it's amazing you just asked that. Because <laughs> four days ago, I had this case. And uh, so it was serendipitous that she called. Um, however, we were not able to help the people who needed that kind of stuff. They ghosted me hard to just stop receiving my calls. Really? Because I couldn't help them with what they required at the time. Yeah, even though I said, listen, I got to clean her now. She's on board. Let's, let's get her in there and help her help you out. Nothing. It was voicemail after voicemail. And wow. I quit after four times. That's odd, and, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it was not, not, I felt I still it really is odd. Um, you would think people who want help would take help. So, but uh, it's not like I'm charging for it. It's a it's a outreach program. Well, I wonder for, if I wonder if that's my, uh, I wonder if that's a like a misinterpretation. If if somebody is an investigator, do they also think that that person is is poised and and educated in the ways of clearing the house and then you know you having to go outside um you know maybe put them off but you know i, I don't know anybody who is uh in a, an investigator by just by nature that is is schooled or prepared to um remove these things from from a you know they're they're adept at at making contact with it and and validating or or dispelling but uh that that takes a certain skill set that i don't know many people that have right right it takes a discipline i certainly don't have uh but when jj came on board it was fantastic so that case fell through and we were in the holding pattern for like week week and a half when we get another case in this case uh classic haunting love objects moving around um full-bodied apparitions phantom voices shadow figures and uh so it's like yeah we'll take the case i call jj she's on board so henry and i go and we do our tech through you know going with the instruments try and get stuff recorded on Mm -hmm. said instruments we experience battery drain almost immediately i'd say within the first hour of our being there everything we had was drained even our backups Um, so it was, and what was going on there was pretty intense. We caught some of it, bottles shifting, cabinets opening, uh, phantom footsteps down the hall, um, odd EMF readings in the bathroom, especially. But, um, once we lost battery power, I was like, all right, JJ, you're coming in. And so she was downstairs or on the third floor of this apartment complex that was being used as college dorms for a small arts college. Mm-hmm. And um, she comes up and she hits the doorway and she looks freaked out. Whatever's in here that I can't see, that Henry can't see, it's freaking her out. She's, she gathers herself. She's ready to rock. She's in. And she says, okay, okay, I see what's going on. Oh, yeah, let me. And she's kind of muttering to herself. I said, you got to articulate. You got to tell me what's going on because I, I have like, two percent power on this camera <laughs> i'm trying to document this whole thing and uh she uh she says okay um 
let me sit down. Let me have a conversation with her. You plug in your camera into a, the wall socket, and uh, we'll do. I have a few questions I need to ask. I follow her lead. She asked the clients a few questions that I never even thought to. Thank God for JJ, you know, because wow, she asked the right questions because she saw she saw what questions to ask. Um, and it turns out the um, the one uh, young lady being affected most by this experience uh, lives in the Midwest, someplace I'm not sure where. And when she was there she fell into uh well essentially a cult a satan a satanic cult on top of that really um yeah she fell into it and she was quickly uh groomed taken in really taken care of they were super supportive of her and whatever it is she wanted to do and then came the big ask, and it turns out that ask was to be sacrificed, unbeknownst to her. She's led blindfolded down to a basement. I know this sounds right out of a movie. This is what she told us, though. Blindfolded down to a basement, laid down on a table. And the next thing she knows, her arms and hands are tied. Blindfolds pulled off. And she's about to get killed with a knife. Jesus. And uh, bam. Oh, I know. Bam. In come the sheriffs right on cue. Again, it sounds like something right out of a movie, but that's what happened. In come the sheriff, or, or, or I don't know who. Uh, she said sheriff. In come the sheriffs right on cue, bust the whole thing up, and she gets saved. Um, that whole experience, she renounced the whole thing, the, the satanic aspect of her life. Uh, she didn't turn to Christianity or, or any other religion for, per se, but she just went completely agnostic zero religion in her life um she moves out here and she's always had this problem wherever she moves to so she she hit chicago first and she hit arizona and then she came here if i remember correctly and this problem has followed her so jj being who she is zeroed in on the exact problem what was going on she had an attachment pretty severe one too um Stop rolling tape, she says. We get out to the... She pulls us all out onto the balcony. Now I should stop and tell you. On the balcony, it was a lovely, for my taste, very comfortable 65 degrees. Um, inside this is fall. Cold out fall, I'm not going to lie. Um, but nonetheless, it felt really refreshing to be out on this, on this balcony. Because spoken, inside this house... Spoken like a true Californian. It was hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. 65. California cold. <laughs> California cold. So, um, but I'm comfortable in colder weather. But anyway, the in the house, in, the, in this apartment, it was easily 95 degrees, even with the AC at full tilt. And... Uh, so these poor <laughs> these poor students, and there are like six people living in this dorm. Um, anyway, so they're roasting to death, we're roasting to death, and she says, okay, I know what's going on, I know what to do, what do you want me to do for her? And I, you know, my, it's her first time with us, so I put her to the test. I say, nuke it, I do not ever want to come back here again. I'm gonna check in with these people in two weeks and they're gonna tell me everything's fine. She said, you got it. <laughs> so she says, wait out here with them. Keep them talking. I'm going to go back and I'm going to do my thing and get this thing cleared. And I say, can I record you? She says, no, not this time. I respect that. We wait out in the living room. I'm with my partner, Henry. 
Um, we're chatting low just so we don't disturb her too much. And then you feel it. And I mean, literally feel it. We all do. This concussion blast. Boom. Rips out from where JJ should, about where she's standing. The epicenter is from her. Boom. Now, if you've ever been to a Civil War reenactment, for example, or anywhere near where they've shot a cannon off, mm-hmm. and you feel that in your chest before, you know, it's boom and then in your chest, right? Yeah. Same thing, except without the boom. It's just the concussion wave. And you, we all go, oh my God, what was that? <laughs> It was intense. Now, keep in mind, I got my partner Henry with me. That man is a scientist through and through. Empirical evidence only. That's empirical. I messed up the word on. Empirical (laughs) evidence only. And he was flabbergasted. He says, did you feel that? I said, yeah, did you feel that? And we all said, yeah, we felt that. And the room suddenly gets cooler. We can feel the AC circling through. It's almost too cold now. And it suddenly, she did it. She moved that thing and sent it back to wherever. And we were both very convinced that she was the one for us. Yeah. So JJ was a part of the team from that day forward. Wow. What, uh, <laughs> you know, so my, my experience with her has been totally um, over audio. Um, I, I do know what she looks like via one picture. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, and, and I talk to her literally, uh, if, if not every day, every other day, um, you know, just really, that's great popping in, you know, Hey, how's it going? What's going on? How you doing? You know, just, I mean, she's a wonderful soul. I absolutely love her to death. Um, me too. I, I cannot in my mind, in my mind's eye picture how she is, uh, in, in real life, you know, in a, in a situation like that. I can't, um, I can't, I can't envision what that looks like. I get the impression (laughs) that it's, that it's probably a very, um, uh, much like her, her personality when talking to her, she's very sweet and very, kind of tiptoes around things yeah. but when it's go time i, I <laughs> excuse me i get i get this i get this picture of this little blonde tank that just decides to, to start going through walls and uh, I'm, i imagine right. i'm probably well, you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> she gets very furious at the evil things in the world uh <laughs> Meta, you know, especially in the metaphysical realm where she uh, is best served yeah. to uh, <laughs> take him on. But uh, yeah, she she gets pissed off at the evil things. It's it's pretty impressive. It's uh, it's great to have her in a, in a, in the scary corner for sure. That's awesome. She's an asset beyond uh, that word. Just just that description of her makes me uh, makes me think that <laughs> at some point I'm going to have to get. Uh, tickets to uh, to fly out there because uh, i'd like to see her in uh, in all of her glory <laughs> yeah a little blonde spitfighter you'll love her <laughs> well you'll love her that, she's she's just a fantastic individual that's awesome so so this is this group is still currently active and um yeah you're you're always taking taking on new 
new investigations? It's been it's been a bit of a uh, dry spell. We the last investigation we had was uh, just when COVID broke more or less i mean the serious version of it mm. um where we were allowed to s- circulate more and socialize a little more openly it was masks all the time but uh we got a case stand in uh, santa cruz and again thank god for jj <laughs> and uh that was i think 2021 so last year it's been a year since we've had a proper case yeah. um but uh, that you, was an interesting case too. Go ahead. Do you, do you think? Do you find that to be a little bit odd with the with the current climate of of what this world is uh, seemingly um, going down the uh, yeah. don't, going down the old pooper um, as quick as possible? Um, it, it, it would seem that I would think you know much like in Ghostbusters, um, you know once they all got let out, uh, everybody was calling. Um, do, do you do you do you find it kind of odd that you you've been that uh, kind of in a dry spell? Uh, the it's interesting you mentioned that there has been yes a dry spell, but at the same time other areas are going hot, which is weird. Um, about 2019 is where we hit a, just a dead streak. And it was nothing up until that case in 2021. And uh, I um, I called around to some other local um, ghost hunters that I know, excuse me. And um, some of them had gone out of business. Oh, really? Others reported the exact same thing. They said, dead quiet there's nothing happening we're going out looking for it now you know petitioning old bars that have been around since the 1800s for Mm -hmm. example um there's a we have a few out here in california probably not like back east or in the midwest but we have a few older spaces around here and um it was just dead but in like the south and southwest of the country it was lighting up for some reason northwest of the north and northwest northeast lighten up i don't know why but it was weird it was just weird and right through the middle of the country even on the east coast nothing (laughs) it was just like a veritable dead zone you get a few things here and there but yeah it was bizarre and the case we had in santa cruz ended up being that the lady didn't realize she was a medium she was seeing these people who were coming to her for help because I guess spiritually speaking, they knew she was a medium and could help them out, but she thought she was just getting haunted. But my tech through showed nothing. And then JJ comes in and says, Oh, I get it. They're coming to you for help. You're not being haunted. They didn't die here. They, you know, (laughs) they want your help with something. And so started her off. They're looking at it. It was pretty cool. They're looking at her like, come on lady. What the hell? (laughs) We're coming to it. Exactly. You're looking at us like a deer in the headlights. Exactly. So that was. So I assume. I assume as interesting case as a group, you know, with having the knowledge that you know across the vastness of the U.S. that there were hot spots and there were there cold spots. Your group is in contact with a number of different uh, 
paranormal investigative organizations? Is there is there like a uh, a clearinghouse for <coughs> excuse me for the for these groups to to be in contact with each other, or is it just through um, relationships that you've developed over the years? Uh, relationships pretty much like you meet in an occasional convention here and there or you get called to the same case that happened once that was weird uh it was uh the happy happy zone between hayward and us and uh <laughs> we both got the same case i this person called both people or two people reached out and called two different companies and to come out and investigate so uh, companies teams this is the word i meant to use and um yeah. So, but that was that's how you, sometimes that's how you meet each other. Usually, it's through a network. Uh, other times, it's friends of friends. Hey, my friends over in this town do mm-hmm. this too. Let's get together and have a beer, swap stories. So, I'm curious. As an investigator, uh, it sounds like you're a non non for profit um, deal, and your interest is primarily in helping the people that are having the issue and. Correct. With the addition of JJ being able to um, have some closure and and remove whatever is going on in the house, how often are you made aware of, or do you run into other teams that are maybe a little bit more um, interested in making a name for themselves as far as? Uh, you know, getting big on YouTube or trying to land a deal with uh, Travel Channel or Discovery Plus. Um, you know, how how prevalent does that seem to be in in your? It was uh, just after Ghost Hunters came out, a bunch of ghost teams just suddenly popped up. Guilty. I was scary. Was one of those, but we were we had. Uh, I think the best intentions. Everyone was suddenly on YouTube. We didn't go to YouTube at all. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We didn't go there. And uh, but the, I mean, there was this uh, this all girl team, and uh, one of them dyed their hair pink, and they were they were and they and they actually had pink in their name. God, I wish I could remember what it was too. Um, and it was uh, basically just for show. And all they really did was investigate the same house five different times, five different rooms, which kind of makes sense. But at the same time, the way they were recording it, it was uh, less than amateurish. It was like they just set the cell phone up and leaned it up against something and went for it. Uh, and they did they did some really dangerous things, in my personal estimation, as an investigator. They used a Ouija board a lot, which I think is a... Big mistake. Uh, there was uh, seances, which is kind of like Ouija board, but not. Uh, and then there were uh, oh, abject antagonization. That's the one that really concerned me and kind of ticked me off at the same time. They were asking these things to attack them, possess me. Oh, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> it's like, oh man, yeah, it got dangerous real quick. And they were currently doing it just for a show to be picked up, to yeah. show off to whatever media entity they right. were trying to attract. So, uh, and there were a number of groups that were doing that and they were just as careless. And, um, oh, I saw one group going with guns. Okay. 
You don't really? You want to shoot the ghost? <laughs> Going in with guns. All right. Wow. But went in with two head revolvers and one head of semi-auto and... <laughs> It's like, hey, okay. They you're realize right. they're I already see, dead, right? I see what you really want to do. Sorry? They're, they realize they're already dead, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Got to kill them twice? What's going on? Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, that was, that was extra special right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, something that, uh, something that really stood out to me, uh, and, and it's only a couple of words in your uh, in your. Um, list of things to me and it's it's primarily because i i remember watching the i think it was abc movie of the night or movie of the week uh back in the the late 70s um the yeah. ghost the ghost yeah. of flight uh what was it ghost of flight 409 i think it was <laughs> Um, Ernest, yeah. Ernest Borgheim, Ernest Borgheim right. was the, the captain and it was, <laughs> I, I was captivated by it. I absolutely loved that movie. Um, but you've got in your, in your notes here to me, um, uh, a flight attendant ghost. And that the, when I read that, the first thing that went through my head is, damn, I wonder if he was on one of the planes that had the parts from, <laughs> The, the flight 409 <laughs> could, be, could be could be oh man that would be that would maybe explain a few things but uh yeah that happened to me personally when i was uh, four give or take uh and uh i know a lot of folks you know when you're four you're probably dreamed the whole thing no i i didn't uh i'll tell you the story briefly um you used to sleep with my door open when I was a kid, um, fast asleep, and suddenly, all over the living room, light pops on, like out of nowhere. And I, I'm, I wake up. I was like, "What's going on?" You know, and uh, this woman, and it looks like she's in the stewardess uniform. It was blue on one side, green on the other, and she had a skirt that matched. And I think she had uh, the blouse, the white blouse underneath it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what airline that is, but uh, she had like a short bob haircut, blonde, thin, pretty, whole thing, most like most stewardesses of the day, flight attendants, excuse me. Um, so, and she walks in, hand, puts her hands on her hips, and waggles her finger at me, yelling. But there's no sound. Yeah. No sound, though. I can see that mouth moving, that face is scrunched up. And I don't know what's going on because I can kind of see through her. And I, I close my eyes and I kind of hide and I go prone, right? And I'm on my side and my eyes are closed and I, I'm shivering. And I wait a few minutes. I don't hear anything. And when I open my eyes, she is right there in my face oh, no. has her held head tilted at my orientation right still going off on me and i let out a shriek <laughs> and i shoot out of my room 
go through her, I might add, I go through her, shoot out of my room, run down the hall, wake my mother up, there's a lady in my room, there's a lady in my room, good guy, there's a lady in my room, and uh, she she's groggy, she, goes, she looks around, the entity's gone, maybe I scared it off or whatever, doesn't come back, mom checks the house, and then she looks at me, because I'm standing in the hallway waiting for the worst to happen, right? And she flicks off the light, and we have like a night light in the hall, but she uh, she flicks off the living room light. She says, did you turn this on? And No, I didn't. Oh, I couldn't reach them. Remember back in the 70s, they had things set a little higher than they do yeah. now. So, <laughs> so I go, I really couldn't reach unless I jumped up and I had to, I had to make an effort to get to that light switch. So, uh, that was my ghost, uh, my first ever, and since up until about 2021, the only uh, spirit I ever saw. But uh, it was intense because she was so clear, so crystal clear. That's interesting. I wonder. I wonder what the. I wonder what the connection was with, you know, the flight attendant suit and why, you know, just happenstance that she happened to be blue passing through your i mean my little apartment on the first floor she walks in or presumably flips on the light and screams at me <laughs> for about a minute and a half and then you know i i lose my poop and you know the rest but um <laughs> so you know, it was it was definitely an experience. So your your uh, your decision to get into investigating, um, obviously have that experience at a young age, and then looking at the yeah. rest of the stuff, it seems like you have had um, a number of different experiences throughout your growing up and into adulthood. Um, yeah. No, I, I think I'm going back to the conversation we had uh, a, day or so, a day or so ago. Um, I, yeah. I seem to remember you saying something about people were telling you that you had um, an, an ability, um, but you weren't aware of it. Yeah. And you were you were kind of interested in finding out if you, you actually did. Um, so how did, how did you go about that? What was the process for you to, to do that? And, and ultimately what was the response the, when you, you found out? Okay. Um, the, the, the story truly starts when I'm like two or three and, uh, same apartment, by the way, um, about, about a year before I see the ghost, I've always been able to see auras that, that the electromagnetic glow that people and things have, um, not everyone's privy to it or can see it or whatever, but I could. And one day I tell my mom, Hey mom, there's a light around you. And she stops dead in her tracks, turns to me and says, like, is it different colors? And she, she walks me through the steps of what an aura is. And said, yeah. And, uh, yeah, apparently I can see yours. I still can if I focus hard enough, but uh, I, the ability doesn't come to me like it used to. Yeah. Um, so, but interesting. that's a form of sight. Yeah, go ahead. It's it's interesting though that she kind of 
picked up on what you were saying right off the bat. Yeah, it is. And she she's she's relatively psychic herself. She's had uh, through that I know of precognitive events happen to her. She foresaw her own brother dying. She foresaw her father dying, my granddad. Really? And um yeah, and she she foresaw something else tragic. I mean, well, that's a hell of a gift. You can see when people die before they do. So, yeah. Oh my god! So and that, and I, I think uh, she puts up walls mentally every time this happens because it doesn't happen so much anymore. But uh, she still gets sensations. Um, we had uh, an event happen in the family, pretty sad, revolving around a death, and. She knew instantly when that happened, and this was only a couple of days ago, um, because of her connection to her sister, who it didn't have it happened to uh, uh, her sister's husband. So um, she picked up on her sister's sensations. Uh, it was really bizarre. It was like suddenly I feel super depressed. I was like, "What's going on?" And uh, we literally got a phone call confirming her feelings. So mom has always had an inkling of this. Uh, it said my great grandmother was practically a gypsy. Sorry. We're not supposed to say that word anymore. And I can't remember what the proper word is. We can't use that uh, word but, anymore uh, either. You know, no, I, I got a Romani. I think it's the word we're supposed to use now. I got creamed on it <laughs> recently. It's like, Oh my God, really? Did? Wow. And, uh, they just, I just got, I got the verbal slap down. Now, uh, uh, it's, all right. I didn't know that. So Romani, I think, is the new word. I'm probably getting that wrong, too. But uh, my apologies to those uh, listening. I, I'm i just too too uh, out of touch, I guess. <laughs> but um, the she was, you know, something of a soothsayer. And people would go to her and she'd read cards. Not tarot, but playing cards. And it, was, it was interesting. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard that. So there's a, there's a history. Yeah, it's a substitute for tarot. Um, it can, uh, it's just uh, the number value and the suit speak to a given thing. <laughs> so uh, she read playing cards, which was interesting. <laughs> And she made a little bit of a living doing that for that much. But uh, so it runs in the family. I'm, I'm the first male I'm aware of who's had it. I don't know what to make of that, but uh, or who's spoken of it. Okay, I will say this, though. I think my granddad was psychic. I think he foresaw his death. Oh, really? Because he pulled my cousin, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulled my cousin, Tommy, and I to one side and says, See these rings? I hear some beautiful rings. You really did. I'm not, I don't wear jewelry personally, but, you know, I, I kept the ring. It's on the chain. Um, it's, um, he says, See these two rings? You're going to have to fight for them when I die. His words, exactly. And uh, I, Tommy and I, Sorry, Tommy, I called you out on the, on the air. Uh, so my cousin and I look at each other and we're like, what? what? Why'd you say that? Why'd you say it like that? Uh, I'm just saying, one of these days, these two rings, they go to you, you get to choose which ones you want. And, uh, okay. And so, and that was, he pulled us aside to tell us this. Like, we're at a family gathering, his place. 
He, he took the effort to get us to a, a secret location, not secret, but an out-of-way location to tell us this. And I follow him. He's, he kind of he walks back with this depression, this cloud over him, right? And I follow him. I walk after him, and I ask him point blank. I said, did you see your own death? And he was a little flabbergasted by my question because that is a rough thing to ask. Yeah. I said, did you, you know, did you see something? And he puts his hand on my shoulder in a way I've never felt before. Uh, not that he wasn't a loving man. He was a good grandpa and all that, but he was kind of a gruff individual, you know, kept his, kept his distance uh, to a degree. But I mean, the amount of love and warmth in that one action putting his hand on my shoulder and giving it a, a, a solid squeeze and he got a little misty in the eyes and I realized I was overstepping. Kind of saw that coming anyway, but I mean, I figured I'd risk it. But I said, okay, Grandpa, if you don't want to tell me anything, that's totally cool. I love you and it's all good. And uh, he says, okay. And he gives me this, this pat, gets, an old, gets a little macho about it and we just kind of part ways at that point. And, but he... He was gone about what I think a week later. Okay. A week later, he was gone, and apparently, he'd had similar conversations with his daughters, including my mother, and uh, pulled them all aside. Had these individual conversations. Oh, wow. With them. Interesting. So, yeah, that was pretty crazy. I don't think that's but going something, back to my thing. I don't think that's something that I would want to be aware of. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm fortunate. The one co precognitive experience I ever had was really freaking mundane. I mean, mundane. Um, so this is high school. And, uh, end of the year everyone's getting lazy it's like you you have to go to school just to say you went to school for the school board's sake mm -hmm. but reality the year's over so it's pe fourth or fifth period we're just about to get out of school anyway and uh, the coach says okay i don't know what we're doing here i personally think you should all go home and we're going yeah but you can't ah, so here's flag football Pull, just literally hucks the flag football kit. We got to pick our flags. We're playing flag football. I'm getting massacred on the field. I'm not, I wasn't exactly the biggest person at that point in my life, but uh, I didn't grow until much later. Uh, I'm six foot now, but back then I was like five, five or something like that. And uh, I didn't, I hardly had any muscle on me. It was, I didn't really, uh, anyway. Um, so this buddy of mine says, hey, I talked to the coach. I'm just going to turn in early. I said, oh, thank you. That's great. Can I come with you? Yeah, sure. Because I didn't want to play football anymore. And um, I hear this word, and it's a cue. In the background, as these other guys continue to play football, and it hits me, I've seen this all before. So I whack my buddy in the arms and go, hey, hey, dude, check this out. He's going to say this and he's going to say, the other guy's going to get mad at him. They're dropping F-bombs at each other, by the way. I don't want to little your channel with F-bombs. Uh, <laughs> so they're saying, F you, no, F you, you, you mother, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I call, the, I, I say what they're going to say. And it plays out exactly like that. 
<laughs> exactly like that, word for word, motion for motion, uh, just like I saw it in my head. And uh, my buddy turns to me, says, his eyes are bucking out. He's saying, how did you do that? And I have to be honest, I don't know. I just saw it in my head. And uh, we're silent. On the way back to the locker room, we change, we leave, and that was the last time I ever saw <laughs> he, he, he did not socialize with me ever after that. No kidding. Ever again. I scared him. Yeah. Wow. So, huh. <laughs> so how, how did that ability? Yeah, I, I do. How did yeah. that feel when you were when you were relaying, like, uh, I guess, I guess the, the better question is how much of a delay was there? Like, did you see it and then you knew it was going to happen and then it happened or were you just aware of it? I had seen it before specifically. I saw it in a dream that morning and it played out exactly like it did in my dream. I mean, exactly like it did in my dream. Including the coach coming over and screaming at him. It was it was just amazing. That's crazy. It was, it was and I I was amazed by it too. I was everybody as freaked out as my friend was, but uh, yeah, he he abandoned me as a friend that year, uh, from that point forward. Nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. so kind of on that on that note. Um, what was the uh, what was the telepathic communication between you and your sister? Okay, so um, I called her my sister. Technically, we're not blood, but I mean, when we met, we we knew each other forever. I don't know if that's a past life thing or not, but um, she is. For all intents and purposes, my sister. I just wanted to get that out of my way. And she knows who she is if she's listening. Um, but uh, I'm driving her to college. She has a college course, a night course. And um, this, and again, my psychic stuff is largely mundane. <laughs> but um, we're sitting in the car at a light and this monster truck i'm talking bigfoot from the 80s rolls up next to us and i hear her say my god that's a big truck that's that thing's just gigantic those are the words <laughs> and at the same time i got this weird little itch in the back of my head like i can feel you know that little not uh, that bone that where the protrudes at the back of the skull just above the neck yeah well, I feel that kind of twitch and tingle and itch as she's saying this. And I said, oh, I know that thing's gigantic. And she looks to me, bug eyes. What? What did you just say? I said, I know that's gigantic. You said that was a big truck. <laughs> and she says, no, I didn't say that, Tim. I said, I heard you say it. I heard you say it, dude. You said it. And she says, Tim, I thought that. I said, you did not think, I challenged her, I didn't believe her. <laughs> I said, you did not know, Tim, I did not say a word, I swear to God. And I says, you didn't say, you didn't say that, no. What the heck was that? She says, I think we just <laughs> communicated telepathically. I was like, that's insane, over a truck? <laughs> that's how it comes about? So... <laughs> 
<laughs> I I didn't get it, man. I wow. mean, that was the strangest thing. We uh, it happened a couple more times after that. Again, mundane, but uh, it did happen a couple more times. Like I think she said at one point at another date, "Hey, I I I, I left my water in the other room," and I call out from across the house, "I'll get it." <laughs> so, so so each time great. each time that happened. What, were you guys in close proximity to each other or has there ever been like where, you know, she's, she's away at college and you're, you're back home? No, we're always in relatively close proximity. I wonder if that has um, anything to do in with the it. car and then in the same house. I wonder if there's anything, sorry, to, uh, said just, I wonder if there's yeah. anything to that, you know, the proximity Could be, could well be. Um, um, it was, uh, I never really explored it. To be honest, it scared me at the time. I, I kind of wish I could explore it now. She's across the country now. <laughs> so I can, it'd be tough to try, but uh, maybe we could try it one day as an experiment. It's never too early for holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts, whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants. You can make this season holly, jolly, and a lot less hairy with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the Lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Just add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have your partner thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. It's a fact that Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. So, look your best while getting naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code UNCOMFORTABLE22 for free shipping and 20% off. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls and just in time for mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has each product from the best-selling Performance Package Plus Ultra Premium Body Wash, 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, and Deodorant. The Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate presence and they're both waterproof. The 4.0 trimmer now has LED lighting, so you can light up the way just like Rudolph. Once the grooming is done, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer. And with the Platinum Package Shower Products, all of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop there at the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit and for the perfect stocking stubber, add the brand new body buffer and incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and a lot cleaner than your old loofah. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code uncomfortable22 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com. Use the code uncomfortable22. Manscaped. Get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. Okay, so I got a you've you've got a story about a, a former um, retired space marine, and oh. can you can you go into that? <laughs> I can. Uh, that's actually pulled from a book, and I tried to find the reference for that. I couldn't find 
the reference anywhere. Uh, it was a book written in the 70s. It was loaned to me temporarily. Um, it was just a, a series of tales of people who have been abducted in the past. And this one guy who's interviewed says, um, you know, he, he starts out, I'm, I'm Mullen Special. I, I worked at a... I think he said he was a quarry man of some sort. He that's his life. That was his life. He worked in a quarry, and uh, he lived relatively isolated part of town, little town somewhere like Oklahoma. I think I'm not positive about that. And um, he's he's uh, been experiencing missing time because he'd go to sleep or fall asleep in his chair in front of the TV. And when he wakes up again, it's um, it's um, it's suddenly the next day. I mean, that happens to a lot of us. We fall asleep in our chairs, and he wakes up. He says, "But the sensation was I had barely nodded off, and suddenly it's eight, ten hours later." And uh, typically, I fall asleep in a chair. I wake up after an hour. He says, and I go to bed. This didn't happen. And he says, and I wasn't really concerned for me until I was uh, washing dishes one night. I was I felt kind of groggy all of a sudden, and the next thing I know, I'm in my bed. I don't know how I got from the kitchen to the bed, and it's hours later. And it, this this time differential keeps getting worse and worse. He's outside, suddenly he's in his bed. You know, he's parked in his car, fell asleep there, suddenly he's in his bed. You know. <laughs> That kind of thing. So uh, he starts looking into it. You know, this is before the internet, so he has to go into town to the library. He does a little bit of searching. He checks out certain books, newspaper articles, that type of thing. And a librarian picks up on what he's looking at and says, did you have an experience? He says, you know, I don't know. It's just weird stuff's been happening. I'm just trying to put a finger on it. Turns out she's an abductee too. Relays him or uh, puts him in touch with uh, a group in like a larger town. I want to say Tulsa. I could be wrong. But um, so he goes into Tulsa, visits with this group. He recounts a couple of his tales. And they're telling him, oh, missing time, dude, you're an abductee. That's weird. That's so crazy. How long has it been happening to you? And he doesn't know. He's a little overwhelmed. He says, I don't know, I don't know. I, it's, you know, just things, these weird things just start happening. You know, I go to sleep in one place, or I think I'm in one place, and the next thing I know, I'm in my bed. And um, they say, go to a regression hypnotist. We got one, we know. He helps out all of us a whole lot. So he goes. He goes under. And he recounts this tale where he... Um, says, yeah, I'm sitting in front of the TV and my friend shows up. Who's your friend? Uh, I don't think you can say his name in English. He's the red one, though. Hold on. He's what? He's the red one. He's red. His skin's red. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Do any others come around? He's asked under hypnosis. Uh, yeah, there's the red one. Uh, some of my buddies from the unit, they, they show up once in a while. And um, hold on, what what unit? What are you talking about? My my unit, uh, I was part of an enforcer unit. Where? Uh, 
um, and he names rattles off some strange planetary name that's not mentioned in the book for whatever reason. Um, but uh, he rattles off some. Uh, oh, uh, he did mention something though. I uh, just recalled it. He mentioned something about Proxima. That's a that's the that's a loose um, remembrance on my part. Somewhere near the Proxima area, from Earth's perspective. Oh, okay. So, what are you doing in this unit? Well, we're enforcers. Uh, what you know, we go out, we meet, and uh, not meet, but we take down the enemy. We take down our our, our enemies. Okay, you're you're a soldier. Well, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay. <laughs> so, what does your soldiering entail? Well, I mean, we're given the strike zone. We go in with our, and the way he holds it, like this, like like a like a Gatling gun almost, or a mini gun. If you've ever seen like yeah. Predator or whatever, sure. That the gun, right? Um, so, um, hold it like this, and it's uh, and his words are force beam. We use a force beam. We just knock everyone down, knock down their buildings, just completely decimate this population. Then we leave. And he says it's so nonchalantly, and I'm flabbergasted by this. <laughs> so, okay. So, and then, you know, then we leave. We're pulled out. How do you get there? To the, by ship. How do you get to the planet? By smaller ships. <laughs> it's just really vague about the whole thing. And... Um, so, do you understand the operation of how these things work? Because it's not really. I'm a soldier. They, you know, if it breaks, I gave it to someone. They fix it. They gave it back to me. So, <laughs> that's session one. <laughs> Several sessions on, we learned that he was basically part of a what I called, and I think it's even italicized as in the book as a space marine. Um, but his unit went out, took care of this larger entities. A government race, I don't know which issues with other worlds. And uh, when it comes time to his retirement, after uh, the way he put it, it sounded like 150 years worth of service, they give him a retirement option. They say, okay, so you can stick your consciousness into a new clone body, or you can retire and we'll stick your consciousness into um, a lesser being on a, on a underdeveloped world. What? How underdeveloped? Well, I mean, you have a choice. And they ride off planets, and Earth is one of them. Okay. Earth, yeah, why not? Let's go to Earth. <laughs> so the way he describes it is he's standing in front, in front of, he just shows up in front of this two-year-old somewhere out in the woods somewhere. His parents are not too far away, but he's isolated, this two-year-old. He just shows up there, like beams in or whatever. And uh, suddenly he's able to see the world from that two-year-old's perspective. He essentially describes it as overwriting the child's consciousness with his own. And that's how he lives his, the life he was currently inhabiting. Wow. And that's pretty much where the story ends, more or less. That's so. crazy. Oh, and those visitors were his buddies from the from his military days. And we're going through the system that say hi. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. It, it, tell me about the... Uh... Tell me about the Santa Cruz Beach uh, Boardwalk. Okay. 
Now, I had, it was, uh, I don't know, uh, I forget the name of it, uh, when that serendipitous thing happens, and it's like, oh, I can't believe it starts with an S, and I'm drawing a blank on the term. Synchronicity? But, uh, I had, uh, dang, thank you, synchronicity, that's the word. So it was, uh, it was uh, on synchronicity. I just heard a, uh, um, was it Charles? Mm, I'm drawing a blank. It's on my sheet too, which I don't have in front of me. <laughs> Charles Can you Hall. Help me out. What that name is on the Charles. Thank you, Charles, Charles Hall. Hall. So I. So he uh, was. He was on. Let's see, uh, coast to coast. I think, or on a on a rebroadcast of coast to coast, and I was listening to it. And he talked about the tall whites and his experience there as uh, an enlisted Air Force at Nellis. And uh, I was I was Air Force, uh, not for very long, but I was Air Force myself. So I was extra interested. All right, I felt like airman experience and some weird stuff. That's cool. And uh, he describes aliens. He describes his experience. And I am doing DJ work at this time. And he says, or rather, uh, I I just happened to look over. I'm at the that big grand hall. You don't know where the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk is, do you? It's in Santa Cruz. <laughs> it's by the beach. And there's this large old mall complex. They have roller coasters there and stuff like that. But they also have a big hall uh, for meetings and parties and yada, yada, yada. And um, I was DJing there one night. And we were loading in. You may... Me and my partner on the on the gig were love men, and I just happened to see this. I'd make her to be about twelve, just by her height alone. Uh, girl, you know, young girl, twelve. Uh, also, uh, it's kind of a bob blonde, but a little bit longer haircut, very straight hair platinum white which surprised me and her skin was extra pale and she had um relatively normal everyday human clothes i think they were red to one degree maybe striped and um big sunglasses like way big sunglasses i i couldn't believe how big they were but they were they were kind of they were also red this girl's color was red, apparently. Uh, so she's red pants. Yeah, she did. She had red pants and a red and white striped shirt with big red sunglasses. And um, she she is just losing her little mind over this car that's parked off to one side of the boardwalk. And... Um, I'm watching her actions and she's pointing and she's pointing. And that's when I notice her fingers are extra long. I mean, they're long. Even from a distance, they were just, they were abnormally long. I'm telling you. Freakish. Um, <laughs> probably double what I, Huh? Freakish. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> freakish, freakish, yeah. Oh, rakish. That, that works too. But I mean, damn, something was off about this girl. Anyway, so she's pointing at a... Um, they had just come out, the VW Bug, the new one, kind of smoothie version mm -hmm. of the smoothie version. Yes, I, I'm a writer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I mean, you know, the, the two, what was that, 2012 or something like that? Anyway, um, 
and she's freaking out and she's pointing to it and it's like she knows it she's familiar with it look i've seen that you know how kids react when they see something in live that they see on tv kind of a thing and they're super excited about it that's exactly what she was going through and i follow her eye line back to this really tall woman and i mean really tall woman she must have been easily seven feet and she's kind of dressed like a I don't know, a cross between a monk and a Jedi. She's got a hooded thing on. Um, and it seems to be she has these shoulder pads that kind of stick out a little bit. And uh, But it's, it's basically robes or layers with, of robes, kind of like a Jedi, like I said. Um, and in, those color, in that color scheme, too, browns and, and uh, neutral earth tones and all that. And... Uh, her, her mother was just shaking her head like this. I was like, what is the matter with you, kid? <laughs> that's, the, that's the physical cue impression I got. Next to her, two dudes in trench coats. One trench coat is blue. The other trench coat is tan. I'm expecting men in black. That's not what this is. Uh, at least they weren't dressed like the typical men in black uh, that you hear described. But... Uh, Suits, wearing suits underneath these coats. One of them I could clearly see in your piece. And um, they're sitting there, hands in front, like you do when you're at attention, just waiting for the next order, you know? Yeah. So they're, I guess, parade west without the hands behind the back and hands in front. And she, the mother, finally gets fed up. And I, I see her stomp her foot through the row. She goes, bam, like that, right? And points with these equally long, freakishly long, and to use your word, fingers, and motions for the child to come here, and then points down now. And the child throws a classic, very humanoid tantrum. I don't want to go back to the whatever it is, and but she's still, clo- you know, kids do sometimes. Goes over to her parents, and you see the. <laughs> One of, the, one of the guys in the trench coat puts finger to his earpiece, says something through his calf, and maybe 10 seconds later, a limo, which had been parked pretty much right in front of us the whole time, screams over, picks them up, everyone gathers in, they drive off. Uh, and uh, the favorite thing was that made me think that these were alien creatures, it was that tale that was told on coast to coast because he revealed in that thing that they take the aliens out into Vegas, wherever they want to go. Small detail, you know, if you're able to go out, they let them go out around earth. And I guess San Cruz beach four back was one of those destinations. uh, Yeah. (laughs) This is really unusual. (laughs) What did you, were you able to notice anything about the, the facial details? Even though was the was the uh, the tall woman was she wearing sunglasses as well uh, facial you know, features she, uh, the the hood did a lot to cover that face it really did she had a very pointed chin I remember very distinctive chin I could see her when she was she didn't talk she kind of like like almost muttered under her breath kind of a thing. You know that motion when people blah, 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 talk under their breath? That's what I saw. But it was a very pointed little white chin. And I mean alabaster white, like glue, like 
crackers like sorry that sounded racist and i'm not trying to be but paper i mean <laughs> but i mean i mean white <laughs> right like a piece of paper that's i guess is the best way to put it <laughs> and, and, how, and a little girl too how close were you to them I was approximately, gosh, you know, I, I I call it about 60 feet away. It's a sizable distance, but uh, back then I had better eyes. (laughs) That's that's not that Uh, far at all, really. uh, It's not that far, but it was far enough that they were, you know, that big on, you know, just so big by my perspective, from my perspective. But it was uh, it was definitely an experience. Like, oh my god, did I see where I'm and I, I even tapped my buddy who's busy a little bit loading stuff in because I had stopped. He says, Are you gonna help me? I said, Look at that girl, tell me what's wrong with her. Just to just make sure I wasn't going nuts. I look at her fingers. Oh, yeah, those are her own fingers. He didn't care. Back to loading the, the stuff into the up for the gig. Wow, <laughs> he just didn't care. It's like, Oh, dude, you don't know what you're missing. But I confirmed they were there. I, at least I got that. He saw the girl with the long fingers. But it was it was a definitely an experience. It definitely pays to be observant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had actually learned to be more observant when I was. Uh, I, I did private investigation. That was my first job. I was a freelance investigator, and I helped different people out. Uh, largely with surveillance and background checks. Back then, before the internet, we had to do background checks mm-hmm. uh, by going to the county office and all that fun stuff. So, but it helped me observe it because there was. I remember one time I went to the courthouse, and I remember this one dude had a bulge under his jacket. Right, I was like, "That's got to be a gun." You think it? You think it'd be obvious? The guy had to go through security to get into a county building, and. <laughs> So I quietly go to one of the security uh, sheriff, the sheriffs there, and I say, I, I'm not trying to alarm you. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know who this person is, but I think that guy has a gun. He says, yeah, we've been keeping an eye on for a little bit. Good eyes. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. You might want to get out of here. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, good times. You know, the observance thing is uh, it's something that I can't place enough weight behind um honestly i think you know my time spent as a bouncer back in my early Mm -hmm. 20s um really did a lot for honing my my observant skills um it got it and i've spoke of this numerous times i got to the point where i could recognize whether or not you were going to be a problem when you walked in the door I could tell if you were going to be a happy drunk or, a, you know, an angry drunk, whether or not you were going to start crap with your girlfriend or get in a fight or, you know, it, it got to the point where it was like, it was a joke. We would, we would put, you know, a small wager on it. And, you know, more times than not, more times than not, I was right. And, you know, uh, I, you have some second ability yourself there. I, I, well, that I've had <laughs> recently, you know, I mean, in the last couple of years since I've been doing this, I have had some people say, well, that that goes a little bit deeper than just, you know, chance. It's because you were able to, 
you know, hone in on something. And I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. Um, I've said this before. Well, there's something to be said for, right. There's something to be said for being observant though. That does go toward increasing your ability to just like pull things out of what seems like thin air, but you're needing cues. You always right. are, especially in a position like that where you are, responsible for everyone's safety so you're going to be on high you know right pretty much on alert pretty much all the time yeah and you know i mean in that situation i mean you know granted you're working in a bar loud music pretty girls lots of things going on but in in the position of being a bouncer you're always kind of if you're doing your job right you're always kind of in a heightened state of awareness you know because yeah, yeah yeah you want to be able to flirt with the girls yeah you want to make sure everybody's having a good time um yeah you're paying attention when the dj plays you know a good song but you're also (laughs) you're also you've always got your eyes on the on the back of your head because you're afraid you know somebody's gonna decide tonight's the night i'm gonna challenge you or you know whatever the case may be um and i just you know i find myself even now and i didn't realize i was doing it I went to a, uh, I went to a birthday party at a, at a bar, uh, very near my house and they had rented out the outside area during the summer and they were having a birthday party for a friend of ours. And even though it was, it's enclosed, but it's outside and it was under a tent. Um, I was sitting up against the wall of the tent facing the main entrance and I didn't realize that I do this but after this guy said it and he said it was so weird that he just I I mean he was a friendly guy I didn't really know him I'd known of him seen him around before but I didn't know him and he's like uh he pointed out that he's like oh you you know you you're you're a protective your protective uh, personality as well, aren't you? And I was like, what? And, and he's like, I can tell because you got the, your back to the wall and you're looking at the entrance. And I was like, and I started thinking about it when he said that. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. I do that. When I sleep, I got to face the door. When, you know, if, if I'm in bed with somebody, then I have to be between the door and them. If, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's strange but it's like holy crap i recognize that i do that all the time so yeah i I have a i have a similar (laughs) yeah 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 it's it is second nature after a while i did security i didn't bounce (laughs) that sounds like a funner job a more fun (laughs) job but i did security briefly for a little while um and you do you you're on a heightened alert the whole time and i i got into a similar thing we're back to the wall just like you look always looking at the door and and uh i do the same thing when i got someone with me you know in, in the in the bedroom I, i'm between them and the door yeah and uh yeah it's uh it's a fascinating uh observation especially when you self-realize that you're doing that it, it does take you back. It's like, oh my god, that's some serious conditioning. That's, I guess, yeah. it's a good thing. I just found yeah. it odd that it took somebody that didn't know me at all to almost recognize it immediately. You know, and I don't, I couldn't tell you. I know we had a continued conversation. I don't know what his, uh, what his line of work was. I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know how or what it was that made him just decide to say that. I'm kind of glad that he did mm-hmm. because I don't know that I would have ever really come to the realization of it. But did you find you needed to change your ways, or did you just say, "Oh, that's cool," and <laughs> keep good, keep doing what you're doing? Uh, no, I, I am perfectly comfortable doing what I do. Um, I I don't right. I don't know that I could. I don't know that I could ever switch gears and and not and not be that person. So, you know, I I understand completely. I don't know that I necessarily I don't know that I necessarily have like a complex about having to protect people. But that being said, hmm. I guess looking at at some of the things I've done, I do put myself in that position. And that's interesting. I I don't know that I've really thought about it that much, but I don't know. Maybe it's just a personality trait. Who knows? Um, That's a good trait to have, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Like I said, I I wouldn't change how I am. Um, But it 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 does hamper your ability to let loose and have fun and be unguarded yeah you know yeah it does yeah i've gone out with a few friends uh not too recently but recently enough where they they noted that about me they said dude you gotta relax i said what are you talking about i am relaxed i'm having a good time i was always on head on the swivel the whole time right (laughs) yeah that's man that's funny that's funny. That's, it it kind of causes me pause right now that we're talking about it because, you know, I've got I've got fleeting glimpses of things that I've done in the past, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. So, all right, this this is not about getting into my head. So, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's move on to. Uh, if this um, has become the Dr. Tim show, yeah. tell me how you're feeling. <laughs> Get out of my head. I'm doozy. Please continue. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's, let's wind this up with, uh, sure. you know, there, there's one big one, and I think let's revisit this at another time. Uh, it, it's the, sure. you know, the way out one. The uh, thing? Huh? The way out one, okay. yeah. The way out one, yeah. Uh, way out one. I like that one. <laughs> let's let's say that for another episode. But uh, the the one that okay. I'm, I'm really interested in, um, having seen a, a full bodied apparition, and uh, and and what the hell is a monkey demon? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> Well, this will probably suck up the rest of the two hours. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this is before JJ came on board. My buddy Henry and I, we get a case. Uh, these people are being tormented by one, maybe two entities. Um, one is kind of in the kitchen area. And the, the way this uh, condo works, you walk in the door, you're in the living room. Beyond that's a kitchen. Between those two, a hall, down the hall, bedrooms, right? 
And um, so walk into the living room. Again, a hot, hotter than needs to be house. And they got the AC cranked at full. Nothing is working. Windows are open. Big sliding doors. Doesn't matter. They can't cool the house off, even with fans. And um, I'm walking to the kitchen, and the uh, the client has done. And this is the problem with some clients. I'm not saying don't do it, but if you're going to call in a, you know, someone to do paranormal investigation, maybe don't do too much research <laughs> yes, this, 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 this client of mine did a ton of research and read a lot of stuff into every little thing that was going on wrong in their place uh, sometimes and you know ants means you have a you need to clean a little more I don't yeah. know but there are ants when we showed up in the kitchen and they were um, going after the dog food in the house it's like, okay, there's ants in the kitchen. They took 30 minutes out of my time to pause the investigation before we really even began, cleaned up the ants, <laughs> and then we resumed. What happens in the kitchen? Uh, well, the dog dish gets played with a lot, including the ants, and no matter how much we spray, they come back. Well, they're ants. I can, walk, I can, I can throw that away for now. Um, there's something we said uh, that bugs are related to a lot of paranormal disturbances, all this darkness and stuff invites a lot of uh, critters. Um, but I don't think, to this day, I don't think that was the case. Um, they uh, continued to tell me that in the kitchen, the dog dish, and it's a big one, it's a fanciful one where you got the, it's top loaded with like four days of food that just drips into the, the bowl <laughs> as required. A big, same thing with the water jug, four days worth of water, feeds in as required, and um, it's heavy. I tried to move it. It's heavy. It's like 10, 20 pounds max. Um, not easy. To, I mean, if it wound up and kicked it, you can move it, but I mean, just to try and move it gently, kind of hard to do. That thing ends up in the middle of the kitchen all the time, is what they say. Cabinets open. Walk out of the house. Walk in. Sorry. Cabinets closed. Walk out of the kitchen. Walk back into the kitchen. Cabinets open. Okay. Poltergeist activity. Someone's trying to get your attention. Um, I hear strange voices in this room. Could be the neighbors. I actually heard the neighbors while I was there. They're loud. I'm thinking it's the neighbors. Mm -hmm. I don't throw it away, but I put I kind of I put it in the dismiss pile per se. Um, what happens in the living room? Not much. We see orbs sometimes. I said, "Wait, hold on. You see orbs? You see little balls of light?" Well, we take pictures and we see orbs there. Yeah. Okay, could be dust. Yeah. Could be dust. I can't. I can't. That's also in the maybe, but more or less the dismiss pile. I'm not the biggest orb fans. That will change with this investigation, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so go down. We can check out the bedrooms, and it's the master bedroom that has the most activity. And then the the guest bedroom where their teenage daughter lives also has a lot of activity. Uh, the, the daughter is so scared, she's moved out into the garage temporarily. Long-term temporarily, but the bed got moved out and everything. It was, it was I've never seen anyone do that before. 
but uh, they were that scared of the space. Um, so what happens in the hall? What happens in the bedrooms? Footsteps running up and down. Things crawling around in the attic. We check and then we don't see anything. Um, and uh, we have devices, alarm clocks going off at all hours, even though we don't set them that way. Uh, it's like, okay, gotcha. So, um, unlike what you see on TV, the client usually stays pretty close by, but they they investigate with us. You know, they follow our cues and they investigate with us. We we can't set them up at a hotel. It would be nice, but <laughs> I don't have the the budget of a television show to do that. But anyway, the uh, so we begin the investigation, and I hadn't set up the camera yet. And uh, I had the mic going, though, <laughs> the recorder, and we hear in the kitchen. And we all run in there. I grab the camera off its tripod, I turn it on, and I'm shooting, and the dog dish had moved into the center of the room, just like they said. Oh, wow. So we document, we take pictures, we, we examine it from all things, we see if there's maybe... Uh, my partner Henry, he's on it. He's all I know if this is there's water under there, and it got moved out, but because of uh, some sort of evaporation, no, no water. Uh, so we're at a loss. He puzzles that one. He get he gets like this, you know. He strokes his beard that he never had. He's a clean shaven guy. <laughs> I miss Henry so much. Anyway, so uh, he uh, he ponders that for a second. And I said, okay, well, we'll we'll put the dish back and see if it happens again. We'll keep the camera trained on it. We continue the rest of the investigation. We start in the daughter's room. We have a second camera on us. We do um, a you know a conversation and EVP check, right? And uh, we don't hear anything. But I feel something. I don't know what it is, but my back itches and then my arm itches. Right? And we're sitting kind of uh, cross-legged on the floor. Because, again, the bed got moved to the garage. Anyway, the, so I, I have these weird little itches, and I noted in the recording. And uh, uh, there's that. So on the playback... It's where the, I've ever experienced my, my first true orb. And what happens is this firefly-looking thing, constantly on, not flashing, mind you, it's just, but it's about that big, flies into my back, and that, then I scratch after it, flies out my stomach, and then through my arm, you see me scratch, and out the other side of my arm, and floats off I don't know where. Um, <laughs> my first orb. Wow. My first truly confirmed orb right there. Um, and uh, we're odd. We're going, oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's that's just nuts, because we're reviewing it as we go, just to see, just so we can highlight and save and all that fun stuff. So um, we investigate... We're about to investigate the master bedroom, and I got the camera on, and we hear, we got the, we go to the lights out again, I got the camera on, pointed right at the hallway, and you hear this horse gallop type thing, and I see with my naked eye, this grotesque little monkey looking thing, it, it's 
oh my god it's horrifying and it's just it almost looked like a headless monkey but i could see the top of a head kind of poking out almost through its chest like it was super hunched over and it was it's galloping you know how monkeys gallop yeah they move kind of to the side and uh and uh it just goes boom, 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 down the hall i said oh my god did you guys see that and i'm the only one who saw it with my eye does not show up on the camera. I was so pissed off. <laughs> oh my god, really? But you hear it. You don't see it, but you hear it, and you uh, watch me react. Oh my god, what the hell was that? So you got the sound of it uh, galloping on the video. Yeah. Yes, got that on tape, but the visual did not show up. And I, I toyed with the video, trying to get it to show up in different spectrums. Didn't show up at all. But I saw it with my eye. What what it, what was, was it, the appearance of it? Did it did it appear translucent or did it look solid in in shape? It appeared solid, did it? solid. About I get I make it what you call that two and a half feet high at the what I assume were shoulders, and it it was. I guess quadrupedal because like a chimpanzee is, yeah. you know, they they switch between the two, but it was just gnarled looking. Like it was almost like a, like tree bark. It was cracked leather or something like that. That was the hide it was living in. Mm. And it was, uh, when it moved, it, it almost it had that chimpanzee gallop to it, but it also looked like it was hurt to one degree or another, like it was suffering and it kept leading with, you know, like chimpanzees do, they lead with your shoulder a little yeah. bit. And, um, especially when they run and this thing just goes boo, 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 down the hall and I follow it out and it disappears. Nothing. And I'm so pissed. It didn't show up on camera, but the gallop did and my following reactions. So uh, that was one thing. I was like, okay, yeah, they definitely got something here. The story's not over. There's more. Into the master bedroom we go. With us, we have two psychics who are, I guess they're a couple. And um, the one girl who's a little more in tune with her psychic power is a novice compared to JJ. I mean, a novice compared to JJ. Um nowhere near her ability or, or strength or any of that fun stuff but she goes into this trance and uh, we're all sitting in the circle in front of the bed in the master bedroom and she goes into this trance and she says yes someone's here it's a man and he is not happy with you points to me <laughs> and i said what, what what did i do i just got here and he goes like this he goes like this to you tim wagging his finger at me and uh i said okay what did i do what did i do ask him what did i do this must and be the brother to says, uh this must be the brother to the uh, <laughs> the flight attendant <laughs> Everybody. Shame on you for running through my sister. Everybody wants everybody <laughs> wants a piece of Tim. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, this thing's ticked at me for some reason. I said, well, you know, I see an opportunity to aggravate. So I said, well, do something about it. Nothing. Go on, do something about it. Nothing. 
I said, do something about it. I got really mean about it. And she, the, the psychic, just starts weeping. I said, okay, stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. I don't want you to hurt her. Do not hurt her. And uh, she weeps for about a minute and a half, two minutes. I mean, just crying her little eyes out. And uh, suddenly she just kind of comes out of it and says, okay, it's gone. I need a rest. I need to, we need to take a break. So lights up. We take the opportunity to review the footage. Behind the psychic, as we're all sitting in front of the bed, there's a full-length mirror. About right, right as she enters this trance state, you see a full-bodied apparition step through the mirror. Male, kind of big, um, hands on hips, visibly looking down at her, at the psychic, not at me. I'm across the room. His head orientation would have been different. And uh, he just stands there over her, like like, a, like some sort of overlord or something. I don't know how else to describe it. And uh, she goes through her experience, and once he finally lets her go, he steps backwards, doesn't turn around, steps backwards through this mirror, probably beyond for all I know and then she comes out of her trance and it's caught on tape wow. and I was blown away <laughs> I was blown away and uh, you couldn't make out too much detail but it was kind of a fuzzy like TV static I think we talked about this before yeah. I saw that in another experience um, the um but yeah, filled with like a fuzzy TV static. Like it's out of focus, it's blurry, but it's there. It's a little bit shimmery, yeah. not really. But uh, yeah, is that, that was crazy. is that video up? And, go ahead. Is that video up and available for listeners to see? <laughs> that video was chewed up by the camera. Oh no! <laughs> Can you believe it? Uh, I had just finished transferring it uh, or trying to transfer it to my computer and the computer caught like a part of it. And then I hear the <laughs> grinding in the camera and uh, I, I stop everything, pull it apart and the tape is shredded. Oh, so that was before SD so, cards. The, yeah. 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 Before E cards. So <laughs> wow. unfortunately, no, unfortunately but uh we were and i think it's because we watched it too many times before that because we did a little quasi watch party at the investigation yeah just to see what you know make sure everyone saw the same thing and uh we did watch and rewind it in the camera a lot so maybe just too much who knows but uh still not the end of the night um we are about to take a quick meal break. We're, we're all starving. No one thought to bring food. I don't know why. Uh, so we're going to leave the cameras running. It's about 1 or 2 in the morning. We're going to hit the local diner and grab some food and maybe bring it back. Let the camera capture what it can capture. We're just about out the door, and the husband of the client he has to get up early, so we that's why we did the um, 
master bedroom just before he left so he can get some sleep. He walks out in his underwear. He doesn't care. He's blurry-eyed, and he's holding up his phone. And it is playing the most demented song I've ever heard in my life. It sounds like a, a music box dying. Really added to unsequenced tones. It'll definitely wake you up. But my God, it was eerie. So, bang, 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 and uh, that's it. That's the song. That's the sound we hear every other night at weird different times. So, my tech genius, Henry, steps in, stops the alarm, digs through it. Oh, yeah, you set the alarm for 2.30. I didn't set the alarm for 2.30. You had to have set the alarm for 2.30. No, I, no, I get up at 6. Setting the alarm for 2.30 doesn't make any sense. I have to get up at 6. Okay, you're right. That doesn't make sense. Okay, so I'm going to delete the alarm. Da, 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 there. Shouldn't bother me anymore. Okay. The guy takes two steps down the hall. The song goes off again. And he goes over to Henry and says, fix it. I got to get some sleep. So Henry stops the alarm. Yeah, no alarm. He deleted that alarm. Uh, okay, so he starts digging through the phone's directory. He's smart like that. He can get in the place on that phone I could never get. And this is an old clamshell, mind yeah. you, like the more digital version <laughs> of the clamshells. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, it's before the smartphone, for sure. So he's digging through it. Gosh, I can't even find the song. And he plays them all. He gives them all two-second plays, dot, dot, every song in this thing. Can't find it. And then he finally he finally finds it buried in a like a hidden directory, and he says, "There it is." Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's it. Okay, can you have another alarm clock, sir? Yeah, I got it. I'll, yeah, I can use that. That's kind of my backup alarm. I said, "Well, okay, just play extra loyal tomorrow." Pops the battery out of the phone. I have solved your problem. Dun, 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 dun. It plays without the battery in his hand. And he looks at it, pulls them apart, holds the two things, make sure he pull, he is holding that battery, turns over the phone, turns off the alarm, and then the phone is dead again, just as it was when he pulled out the battery. He tries to power it up without the thing. He thinks out loud, perhaps there's some residual power in the thing. Yeah, maybe a capacitor or something. Not really. That, uh, maybe monitoring, yeah, baby capacitor, whatever. I'm thinking, no, doesn't power up, doesn't work. That's the most bizarre. I mean, he gets that, he gets that thing where he strokes his clean shaven beard again. <laughs> and he is puzzled by that, just puzzled by that. So we keep the phone separate and uh, we forget about getting anything to eat and we just continue investigating. We ask questions, but everything seems to die down at about three in the morning. So, uh, with some relief in sight, for the, at least for the time being, as we're packing up, it hits me. There is a line of these, um, I think you used to get them at, um, like, not Bed Bath & Beyond, but something else, uh, like a Bombay. Remember that store, Bombay? I don't know if they're around anymore. Uh, not that but, I But uh, there are these paper lanterns. Okay, there are these paper lanterns in the shape of a five-point star. Within these five, you know, cut into 
the this five point star or other five point stars. And it occurs to me that where these paper lanterns are hung, mind you, there's no lights in them. They're just hung up, kind of like decoration. The line of how these things are lined up down the hall and into the kitchen is the line of activity. That we hear the galloping, we hear all this activity happens along this line. And it clicks too that in every room of this house, they're um, either Catholic or Christian. I'm not sure the difference, but apparently there is one. And um, there's a crucifix on every wall in every room of the house. Nothing, nothing grotesque, simple little metal or brass crucifix. And it, it hits me. There's a collision there. All right, so I asked the question: Where did the lamps come from? Where? They? Oh, my mom brought them in. She was, uh, she was doing some sort of tourist thing, and she got them out of Guadalajara. Is my recollection, although that doesn't sound correct. But she got them at some strange place. She bought them off a a, a, a bruja. <laughs> a bruja okay I know what that is <laughs> for those who don't know that's Spanish for witch um, it doesn't always mean witch it could mean medicine woman but uh, in the literal translation translation I think it's witch so uh, I said okay I think I see the problem I want you to pull all these lanterns down tonight and uh, see what happens. I stow them up in the attic. I don't care. Do not burn them. Do not throw them away. Just stow them somewhere. Fold them up. Wrap them up. Stow them somewhere. Because they're collapsible. And uh, she does so. Two days later, I come by to share what little footage I had recovered <laughs> from my poor tape. And... Um, it was, uh, it felt so much brighter in that place. The air was flowing. It was it easily 30 degrees cooler than it was the night we were there before. It was a cool night out. And uh, we were, we were, it, the activity had ceased. And the daughter had moved back into her room. And everything was right with the world, so no to kidding. speak. It was just an amazing transformation just by taking down these simple paper lanterns. And uh, it became abundantly clear that later on, well, to me anyway, I every time I told Henry this, he kind of hammered and hawed at me. But he said, uh, I told him, I think there was a collision of energies there, and that's what was causing all the chaos. And he says, I guess so. That kind of makes sense. And then he goes to some diatribe about positive and negative energy, which I completely forget. But uh, <laughs> being the scientist, that's his, that's his job. But uh, he, uh, he agreed more or less with me that that had something to do with it more on a metaphysical level than a practical level. But uh, that was, it seemed to do the trick. I mean, I was able to help these people get rid of their problem which felt amazing, I might add. Better than just simply verifying, yeah, your place is haunted. Have a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I had to do in the past. So and that that night started the quest to find a third person for our team. Wow. 
That's an interesting <laughs> one for sure. Yeah, that's that's probably still our craziest case, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Well, Tim, listen, and this has been to, go ahead. Uh, this has been a, a great hour and forty minutes. Um, truly, truly enjoyed talking with you. Interesting stuff. A little bit different than a, a typical uh, uh, typical episode because of the the ability to have some humor behind uh the the stuff so it was nice for a change a little bit a little bit lighter of an episode um can you know since my close proximity to michigan um for a good deal of the life of the show michigan has been the largest <clears throat> population of listeners per state in the u.s that i have um, up until, oh, up until about, uh, a month and a half ago, they, they have dropped off considerably and they are now just slightly below of all places, California being the top state <laughs> for my listeners in, uh, in the U S which I don't understand That's because amazing. it's like, it's California, then it's Michigan, then it's New York, and then uh, I think Ohio and Indiana. Uh, you know, comes comes back to the Midwest, but um, the the reach of the show to the the West Coast and the East Coast is just kind of floors me. So um, where this probably wouldn't be uh, necessary to some extent, I think it is. I think it'd be fortuitous to do it now um, if people listening were interested in uh securing your services how would they go about that uh users telepathic abilities and i'm kidding um <laughs> sorry <laughs> stupid joke um yeah, go ahead and reach out to uh, uh we have a gmail right now you can reach out to scruffy tucks at gmail.com you want to spell no, that? No, that's not it. That's totally, no, I can't spell that because I gave you the wrong one. I'm so oh, okay. sorry. That's my other business. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, that's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> but since I gave it to you, I tell you what, we'll stay there. We'll keep it scruffy, Tux. Okay. Uh, that's scruffy, as in my beard is scruffy. C R U F F Y Tux is in Tuxedo T U X at gmail.com. And uh, Scruffy Tux, incidentally, is my film production company. I'm a filmmaker. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, scary, scary is our public outreach arm. Uh, so it's, it's unique. I'm the only one who either locally or worldwide who does paranormal investigation as an outreach. So any yeah, other, any other, stuff. any other places that people can follow you, uh, social media wise, or I'm a social media moron. I mean, I have a Facebook, I have an Instagram. I hardly ever check them. <laughs> um, I should be better about, uh, at that. If you want to reach out, I will likely get a notification. Um, for, for Instagram, I am, S-T-E dot video. And that's a guess because I have to look at my phone to verify that. 
<laughs> See, I told you I'm, a, I'm an internet moron sometimes, I tell you. Um, that uh, Instagram. My, okay. <laughs> Yes, I got it right. How about that? The memory is still good. S-T-E dot video. S-T-E stands for Scruffy Tuxedo Entertainment, in case you're wondering. And uh, you'll be directed. There's a website there that'll direct you to the production site. But if you look under... Gosh, I see. Again, internet moron. I don't even know my own thing. But if you go to Scruffy Tuxedo, ScruffyTux.com, you will see a little thing for scary and you can reach out to us through that or just email us directly at the email i provided all right sir well it's been a pleasure i thank you for taking the time i know we got a bit of a a time difference uh, between you and i but i'm glad you were able to accommodate me yeah Oh, not at all. Well, accommodate. I'm accommodating you. Uh, I mean, no. Hold on. You're accommodating me because I know you're like three hours ahead of me. You, it's late for you. It's dinner time. Yeah, getting there. Yeah, getting there. Getting there. So, Tim, thank you, and I appreciate you having me on. I th- really do. Thanks so much, man. It, it has been a lot of lot of fun talking with you, and uh, we will have to revisit this for the. Uh, the out there one because that is a the out there one i'm so calling it there for i'm gonna steal that man the out <laughs> there ahead. one uh, that is that is a really really interesting story and uh, in so many yeah. ways so i appreciate your time my friend all right thank you man i appreciate you uh, having me on thank you so much thank you all right guys i really hope you enjoyed tonight's episode if you did Please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can and share the show with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your coworkers, however you want to just share the show and let's get this community built up until next week. Please stay uncomfortable. As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. 
Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Miki Couture. Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Miki Couture.